about our money that's very closely related to being concerned about inflation but it's not exactly the same I was listening and this sounds like a little bit off track and it may turn out to be off track but I was listening to the history of money some YouTube broadcast about uh, Great Britain and it was um, a good YouTube video I'll see if I can find it again I go through so many that I can't uh, always find what I what I watch but think about this in the old days money used to be represented by currency you know coins and paper and the British government printed the coins in the paper um, and they were indirectly um, tied to gold for you know Nixon uh, turned that off and so our British currency was tied to the American currency at an exchange rate and the US uh, currency could be cashed in for gold that I think it was $32 or $35 an ounce. So the Brits would issue currency and coins to the British banks, mindful of, of how much of the gold sitting over in America belonged to them. So they couldn't issue too much currency and go where they would not have enough gold to back up their currency. But as the economy expands and grows and all that, uh, their foreign reserves increase and the amount of gold that belongs to them increases in the pot, and the pot is supposed to always be getting bigger, the pot of gold sitting over there. So they would issue currency to the banks, coins and paper and they would charge the banks a fee for this currency and then that would go against you know the central bank's ledger you know we gave a billion dollars to bank a uh, and then in their central bank would have a little you know IOU essentially from bank a they have a billion dollars and Bank A would also pay them a fee for 
doing this currency. So the government in that case is controlling the amount of money that gets produced. Then the bank is able, they have to keep some reserves. They would loan that money out to whoever they wanted to. But essentially the amount of currency was being controlled by the federal government. Now, they could actually increase the supply of money because they only have to keep, you know, 10% reserve. So, you know, they get a billion dollars in, they can almost loan out $10 billion. But it's still the government that was fundamentally in charge of controlling the money supply, especially the currency money supply. And then the banks would, you know, issue loans and collect that money um, and the government was kind of in the, you know, the front seat steering the boat. Well, once the gold disappeared, then they still go through the same kind of, you know, on the surface it looks the same. One, the, the federal banks, the Britain central bank still, you know, gives the bank some currency and cash. But now most of the currency is digital. So what they really do is just go on a ledger and send over to the bank, you know, here's 100 billion, you know, digital dollars, even though they're not called di digital dollars yet. Um, and the bank has a ledger, and then the bank decides who to distribute to. And there's no limit to the amount of money this, you know, Britain's central bank can, you know, put on the ledger and send it over to their bank. And so they quite liberally send, a, you know, create a lot of money, just like our Federal Reserve. It's a little bit different mechanism there than ours, but with the, just the bank involved, it makes it a little simpler. So they get a billion and loan out 10 billion. They've just created 10 billion dollars. And, you know, the money they loan out gets used to build the houses and buy cars and whatever, credit cards, school loans, whatever gets spent. And that's like real money that's just been created by creating those loans. Over in the U.S., we're doing the same thing and we're, Federal Reserve is, and get their little computer out and print out, you know, here's another trillion dollars. We're about $50 trillion in debt right now. I mean, it's, it's, you know, public and private debt. And who knows if that's the right number. Maybe it's $100 trillion. But it's it, it's an unfathomable amount of money. What's been happening in the world over the last six months, is a lot of European countries are buying up gold, all the physical gold they can get. And they're taking it out of the LME, London Metal Exchange Reserve, where they, they store gold and copper and a bunch of other kind of metals. And typically with gold, people don't actually take delivery. They, you know, you get a little you buy some gold and you get a little piece of paper that says, you know, you have a pound of gold. Well, you just keep it in the London Metal Exchange and you have a little piece of paper that say, 
you know, they owe me a pound of gold. I can go take this up there and get delivery, but, you know, walking around with a pound of gold is <laughs> like, you know, having a little sign on your chest, rob me. Um, but the last six months, people have actually been cashing in their little piece of paper and getting the gold which is no longer tied to currencies in most places. But meanwhile, along comes the Ukrainian war, um, and we take Russia off the SWIFT system. We don't let them use American dollars. So, Russia... So Russia wants to sell their oil and they go to India and China and they're selling the oil, but they can't use dollars because they're running out of dollars. So they've started using uh, Chinese currency, the Indian currency, uh, Russian currency to make these transactions and don't use the U.S. dollar. Saudis, who have only accepted dollars for their oil forever, like since the mid-70s, and that kind of gave the dollar a, a, a stability. They trade, they sell and buy oil with dollars. That's like Oil behind dollars is almost as good as gold behind dollars. Not quite, but it's it's a it's a commodity of value. And so having a barrel of oil cost a hundred dollars kind of pegs the value of the dollar. People know they can go get oil with their dollar bills. But since we've been going crazy with making new dollars People are getting nervous about, especially the Saudis, are getting nervous about, should we give people oil based on just the dollar? And their answer is moving toward, no, they should accept a lot of different currencies. They haven't executed that yet. Meanwhile, the Chinese are, are trying to do put together a digital currency that they're actually testing now with Russia and with the oil transactions and with India. The BRIC, the BRIC alliances, um, Japan, India, China, Russia, Egypt soon group of some very large nations they're thinking about going it alone on a digital currency they've always said ah can't work but now we've given people a, a motive to we've seen they've seen what we did to Russia we just kind of cut them out of the system everybody's thinking wow we could just be cut out of the system
And anyway, how much is the dollar worth? Because they're printing a lot of them. And this inflation seems to be related to how many dollars they're printing. What's holding this whole system together? People are starting to ask. As they go buy gold. Something like the largest drain of gold reserves out of LME um, that's ever happened, has happened in the last few months. Meanwhile, there's a new gold place that gold's being kept in Shanghai and China. They got a competing warehouse of gold and copper and other metals. It's a competition to the London Metal Exchange. Hmm, what does that all mean? What if the Saudis, who's been throwing this idea out, I don't think they've, you know, locked it in concrete yet. Saudis always counted on the U.S. to defend them. And the Saudis, for the defense, paid the U.S. by just buying and selling oil with dollar bills. But I don't know if you noticed, the Saudis ran up a red flag just recently saying that Iranians are going to attack us, and they gave a time schedule and all that. It hadn't actually materialized. Um, but they've been raising a red flag, and the U.S. You know, Navy hadn't zipped over there to you know, help the Saudis. And the Saudis have on this kind of understanding, you protect us and we only use dollars to buy oil. But now the U.S. is um, not all that interested in, in, you know, starting a big battle with Iran because they've got, <laughs> their hands are full. Everybody's kind of worried about this dollar bill. And all it has to do to start unraveling is for Saudis to say, we'll sell oil to China, to India, to anyone that wants it using the Chinese digital dollar. How quickly does our system unravel when we have trillions of dollars, we're now having to, interest rate just went from zero to 6% or 5% overnight and still going up. We've gone from, you know, paying almost nothing for this trillions of dollars that we owe, $100 trillion, whatever it is. Now we pay 6%. Right now, the plan is just print more money. But meanwhile, the Fed's increase in the interest rate and the housing market is going to crash. It is crashing. Car loans are going to crash. The economy is going to go into a recession. I think it's already too late to stop that.
then we're not making as much money and government's not getting as much tax. Um, but they still got $100 trillion that they got to pay. I think the government share, that's only half that amount. Trivial, $50 trillion or $38 trillion or some ridiculous big number. Um, they just have to pay interest on that. But with a, an economy starting to produce less and go south and the interest rate still rising, that sounds like a formula for disaster to me. Sounds like we've been believing our own garbage when we think we can keep spending money without paying for it, without having a tax, collecting money, paying for it. And because we're not tied to gold, we just, you know, our computers just add more zeros and create more money. But there's also some basic mathematics involved here. And what we're creating is an exponential function that accelerates faster and faster. It's the old thing that, you know, rich people get rich because of money compounds, interest compounds, and it just kind of takes off. Well, we're in that state with the debt right now. And everybody's currency is still tied to us, so they're, everybody's kind of getting screwed along with us, and inflation's kind of spread all over the world. But what if people disconnect from us? Wouldn't that be good for them? If China could buy its oil from the Saudis without being tied into the U.S. debt, and essentially being part of it. Of course, China has their own debt problem. They got three times as much debt. So that's probably not going to be a happy story either. And China is a whole other podcast, but they're seriously going down the tube from about a dozen factors right at the moment. And I don't think they're going to be able to manage it. I look at us and say, this is going to be hard to manage. But we still have a lot of good stuff going for us. But a lot of the world, like Europe, has got to buy out all their oil, and China's got to buy all their oil. And it might be nice if their currency, whoever's currency, was kind of protected by being worth so much oil. In other words, they had the advantage that we've had for 70 years. What if we don't have that advantage? Right now they're talking about, the Saudis are talking about adding other currencies that they'll accept, like a basket of currency. And in that basket, um, the digital uh, Chinese currency, digital yuan that's tied to the, part of it's tied to the gold. I don't quite know how much of it is. But in that basket, they have other currencies and gold. What if they took us out of that basket because we're too unstable? Since we're kind of at the heart of this uh, inflation, which is another way to say we're at the heart of our money going south. 
And a lot of other countries are kind of holding us up. What if they choose not to keep holding us up? What if they choose not to keep buying our debt? There's a big move of deep dollarization. They're trying to buy other people's debt instead of our debt. And that's still kind of, with everything hooked together, it's, it's kind of indirectly buying our debt. But what if people quit buying our debt? They de-dollarize. And the Saudis cut the link to the oil. See that when we made that deal with them, we needed to buy, you know, 60% of our oil from the Saudis and other oil producers. Now, we could be self-sufficient if the Democrats would uh, let that happen. And if we just build a few pipelines and stuff, we can be self-sufficient, have excess oil to sell, and we can be a competitor. We could actually out-produce the Saudis. Maybe even Russia, who knows? But we've chosen not to. Why? That's a great, great mystery. We think that that makes renewable energy magically appear. It, it doesn't, but that's a whole new subject. The subject today is our currency. And what's it backed by? Just our good word to pay it. And how are we paying it right now? We're printing more money to pay our debt. And our money is increasingly worth less because we're printing so much money. It's not really complicated. This is actually pretty simple. If you're inclined toward mathematics at all, you can see the feedback loop here. Don't have enough money to pay our debts. We raise the debt limit. Of course, that's going to be some big fights with the Republicans. Of course, I don't know what choice two is. If we don't pay our debt, then the whole system, the whole house of cards, you know, falls apart right away. And if we keep trying to pay our debt, uh, it's probably going to fall apart much slower, but it's still falling apart because I think we've got the pile of debt so high uh, and our tax structure so low. Uh, it's not really clear how we unwind this snake. So it's going to be interesting as the Republicans push back against raising the debt limit and our debt keeps skyrocketing because we need more and more money to pay the debt. It, it, I don't see how this works out well. I do not see how this... I just don't understand the math of it. I do a lot of, you know, working with chemical plants and, you know, I, I try to understand the chemistry going on and what's happening in a process. 
and I try to ignore my own opinions and the opinions of others. I listen to people and all that, but I look at what the process is telling me, and the process is usually speaking pretty loud, and it's saying one step's not keeping up with the rest, or, you know, this reaction didn't go on fast enough, and then you're not getting enough stuff from box A to pull up B, and then B, the recycle loop's not big enough, and it just, it speaks, you know, the system speaks, and the mathematics of the system speaks to you, and all you have to do is look at it and not explain it away, and all you have to do is look at our monetary system at the moment, and don't try to explain it away, just step one, what's happening? Our debt is exploding, and the interest on that debt is exploding. So we're going to print more money to cover that exploding interest and debt. Which will cause our money to be of less value. So we're going to need more money printed. I, I don't know. That sound too simple? Meanwhile, we're cranking up the interest rate and we're stopping stuff like our housing construction, which is probably only like 5% of our economy, but 5% is a lot. We're going to stop car sales. Because people aren't, they're going to be crazy to pay 10% interest rate on, I mean, no, credit cards are going to go they're already through the roof, and they're going to go up to whatever their legal limits are. So individuals are going to be looking at the same thing if they're not careful. They don't really tighten their belts, and if they tighten their belts and they lower demand and help nose our economy into recession. But if they don't, their own personal mountain of interest is going to skyrocket so how, how does this work out as a happy story here I'd like to think I'm a reasonably intelligent guy I just don't see how the math works I think our money supply is basically unsound at the moment for most of you but he wanted to go back to a gold standard I don't think it has to be just a gold standard it could be some kind of commodity standard but money not being tied to reality uh, I think is fundamentally unstable and basically unsound and I think Forbes that everybody laughed at this was three or four decades ago more maybe longer than that long time ago. Everybody thought Forbes, who ran for president, was nuts when he wanted to go back to the gold standard. Everybody said this fiat currency was hunky-dory. Well, I think Forbes was right. And the mathematics is obvious, those of you that start paying attention.
just watch how much our interest payments are going to go up over the next few months. They are going through the roof. I just started buying treasury notes and I'm getting like 6% interest on treasury notes. You can buy them through Swab. I'm trying to get out of my stocks and do my share to help the economy crash. Some of my stocks have already nosedived, so it's too late, so I'm going to keep those. But I'm going cash rich and I'm buying treasuries. Of course, that's a little dangerous too because they completely crash uh, and the government can't pay those interest payments. Then at some point, my treasury you know, notes are worthless too. And I'm buying some gold uh, because world economies are buying the gold. As I think about it, I think I need to buy more gold. Wish I had a lot of big pile of money to be doing this with, but I don't. But anyway, this is the ancient Texan saying our money supply, our money system is kind of going south. This is the ancient Texan.